This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Digital Health Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Zara Vasey, Executive Vice President and Chief Digital Officer of Providence. Zara, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Laura. I'm so excited for this conversation. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening, but before we dive in, can you tell us just a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, So I have been with Providence in the Digital Innovation Group for six years, and I've spent the rest of my career in healthcare and healthcare adjacent um, businesses. So I was prior to prior to coming to Providence, I was um, with a management consulting firm that worked exclusively with providers and did a lot of uh, population health strategy and enterprise strategy work for large integrated delivery networks and academic medical centers throughout the country. Before that, I did um, quite a bit of work at sort of the intersection of health policy and health services research um, with a lot of uh, state agencies um, around key kind of programs and policy areas like medical homes and things like that. And then um, before that, I was a research scientist at a medical device company. So uh, again, kind of healthcare adjacent, translational research, and then uh, very much um, deep in healthcare uh, for the rest of my career. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's an amazing to hear in, in a great foundation for what you've grown into in the current role that you have as Chief Digital Officer at Providence. So when you think about everything that comes across your desk, what technologies and startups excite you most today? Uh, you know, it's a it's an interesting question because there is so much going on um, in digital and digital health and healthcare IT these days. It's um, uh, it's kind of hard to pick favorites, <laughs> I'll say, but there are a few areas that I am really excited about and some areas that we're specifically focused on. So um, one thing that I'm, I'm, you know, we're focused here and I'm personally very excited about it is kind of this concept of um, anything that's focused on engagement and um, navigation. So, uh, you know, ensuring that we can serve up uh, truly personalized content, information, products and services, tools to, you know, to users, to our consumers and our patients, um, and, and then navigate them to the right things using artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, and so anything, uh, you know, there's a huge class of or category of technologies that fall in the sort of engagement and navigation bucket. And I think in particular, AI for navigation is something that has Uh, is starting to get traction and has been underutilized historically for all sorts of reasons, but now we're seeing some um, sort of uh, momentum building around it, and I think that's really exciting. Um, Another area that we've actually spent quite a bit of time on, and we spun out a company last year that's focused on this, is is kind of this around this whole notion of multimodal and flexible, like sort of uh, care from like a supply demand matching perspective. Um, as f- most of the folks on that listen to this podcast probably know, um, the way that care has de- historically been delivered has been relatively rigid, but with COVID over the last couple of years and um, sort of just changing our orientation to how folks engage with physical care as well as digitally enabled care like virtual visits and um, chat and things like that, the degrees of freedom have really opened up. Consumers are much more familiar with um, what some of these digital modalities are. And so we're living in this multimodal world and how you do um, actually operationalize the delivery of care in a multimodal world is really fascinating and really challenging. So 
that's a space that I think we're going to see more and more, um, you know, kind of activity around. Um, and the company that we spun out, DexCare, last year is um, is doing great, and they're you know kind of leading the charge on how you do how you deliver multimodal care. And then the last thing I'll say um, in terms of an area I'm really excited about, which I think is getting a lot of traction, but is still pretty early. And, you know, um, from a kind of space and a domain perspective within digital and healthcare IT, it, it has a long way to go, which is the intersection of health tech and fintech. I have seen some of the most interesting companies that I've seen um, have been at this intersection, whether it be like how you do consumer payments and, and things like that, or um, how you do uh, planning from a financial and healthcare perspective, or um, concepts around digital wallets and per, um, permissions around how spend is done and what kinds of you know, utility as, as well as connection to actual health outcomes that you can get when you bring these two things together, I think is fascinating. And again, a long way to go, but um, an area that I'm really excited about. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's just so interesting to think about all those different things you mentioned, and especially, you know, to thinking about the patient experience, because all of those things kind of wrap around how we're making healthcare more accessible and a better experience for patients, and obviously making sure they get the care and the treatments that they need um, in, in order to stay healthy as much as possible. And, you know, when you think about all these different areas um, where technology can really make a difference, how do you make sure that, too, it's done in a way that makes sense within the workflows of the healthcare system. I know at Providence, you've got some great resources there to work with the healthcare providers, um, but how do you partner with them and really make sure that their experience is front of mind when you know, you're thinking about the potential for some of these new technologies and um, what they could bring to the entire healthcare process? Yeah, and I actually think there's kind of, I would say three big categories of folks that we need to engage with across like big stakeholder groups across our system to ensure that we're building or bringing in companies that um, can be operationalized properly. You mentioned clinicians um, and that's our physicians, our nurses, you know, the whole breadth of clinicians and frontline folks that, um, that are uh, touching the patient and engaging in those encounters with them. The second is our operators, like our business operators. You know, they are um, they are uh, super super um, important as it relates to just how does stuff get done within the context of like these big. Um, systems and what are their business goals? What are their, you know, from like a financial perspective, what are their operational goals in terms of the, how they're trying to build these things out? Um, and then the third big category is our IS organization our, um, or IT, depending on where you're, you know, um, what system you're at, but um, we call it our, uh, you know, our IS organization. They are huge partners because they operate the underlying infrastructure of Epic and a lot of our other kind of core technologies. And, um, and so those are three key um, constituents, and there are lots of others depending on the scenario as well. Um, but we engage them throughout the process, um, and we engage them early, as early as just even identifying what the problem is that we're trying to solve. Without having a really clear, deep understanding of what that problem is, it's really difficult to like pre present a solution, right? Then all you're doing is um, uh, kind of coming at it from like a 
a solution-oriented mindset as opposed to an opportunity-oriented mindset. And often what happens in that context is not having a clear idea of the problem. You just try to retrofit solutions to do things that um, that they can do um, and and just kind of force, you know, kind of becomes like a square peg, round hole kind of situation sometimes. And so the, we engage all three of those constituents early in understanding the problems um, and then and then um, whether it's uh, evaluating external technology or, you know, co-developing alongside them. And we really mean that seriously, which is like we gather requirements from our clinicians and our operators um, when we are when we are building technology, doing user testing, et cetera. They're all along the way with us um, so that we're building um, you know, to their specifications and, and to their um, to their needs, most importantly. Um, one example of like how important it is to get really deep is um, is actually uh, you know there was a we um, uh, this the company that I referenced around Dexcare uh, that was 100% like a 50-50 partnership, if not more, on the operator side with our ambulatory care network. They were building a um, you know sort of a different access channel and business for our um, our consumers to be able to get in that augmented primary care and it was a massive shift across the organization in terms of um, how how we present care options to our consumers so that they can um, understand what's available to them how we navigated them to the right uh, right uh, modality or venue, and then how we match the supply and demand on the back end to meet that demand. That's like, that is really difficult unless you're deeply, deeply in there. And we were engaging with our um, operators from a, you know, a business perspective on, um, on that, in that ambulatory care network. But we also were like sitting down with um, patient registration representatives. So like the folks that are actually talking to our people that are trying to get in and understanding what their needs are and building workflow and tools to serve them. So it's a very deep hand in hand process. Um, and it happens, you know, for every, everything that we do. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And thank you so much for that thorough description of just really how you connect with all the stakeholders to make sure that you're on the right track every step of the way. Now, when you think about your own team, how do you see it growing and developing in the future? What you know skills are you doubling down on? What maybe do you need more of, less of going forward? Um, I just love to hear you know when you come into this role and think about all the teams looking at IT and digital. Uh, what really do you see as evolving going forward? Yeah, and you know, so one thing I'll add before I kind of go into the team is that what is under this umbrella includes all of our marketing team as well as our digital products and, and product development organization. And so marketing is not just for marketing of digital products, it's also just marketing for all services across the organization, offline services as well. And so with that, you know, with that sort of very consumer oriented lens, um, our big role and, you know, our big kind of reason for being within the organization at this stage is to support in the growth of how we can access more um, consumers and serve them in our communities. And so we're going to continue to invest 
heavily in marketing, heavily in digital experience. Um, that's like how, you know, search, how do folks search for care? And um, our digital property is around web and mobile. Um, we're going to keep investing in um in uh, product development, like uh, product managers, engineers, and um, and designers and UX people, and so um, so that's going to be um, we're going to keep doing a lot of that work. We're also going to keep and so and and continuing to hire around that. We're also going to keep um, one of the things that makes us a little bit different is that we the the technology that we built, the software that we build, we spin it out and commercialize it. So we're we're going to continue to foster and cultivate that team that does commercialization and taking things to market. Um, and and so these are all activities that we're doing today and we're going to continue doing. One thing that's going to be slightly different that we're going to resume um, is uh, the work that we do with entrepreneurs and residents and founders and the broader innovation community. We, um, we have one amazing shining example of uh, something that we did with a team from Zelf, uh, Mike McSherry, who's the CEO and his team. And um, they were EIRs within, within Providence. And all we did was really provide them with the environment to go out and um, talk with providers and, and clinicians and understand what their problems were. And then they, um, they incubated within the four walls of Providence and then took it out, um, the Zelf um, platform. Um, we haven't done that since Zelf. And so we're going to start doing that again. And so something that's going to change is this notion of like how we do founder-driven, EIR-driven incubation, outside in incubation, as well as working more, resuming a lot more work with the um, sort of broader innovation startup, early startup community. Um, so, so that's really exciting. Um, and it's something that... Uh, that I think will, you know, is designed to broaden the aperture of the things that we do via innovation. Got it. Wow, that is exciting to hear. And I'm sure, you know, a great opportunity for founders and others who have ideas that, you know, really could make a big difference in the healthcare space. Now, when you're thinking about all the different areas of healthcare, um, where do you see the most need for disruption? What I guess, aspects of healthcare, do you still see as prime for innovation in space that needs to be um, more supported by technology and and other innovations? Uh, You know, I think um, the question is almost like, what what aspects of healthcare don't need (laughs) disruption and innovation? I think um, (laughs) our system, our healthcare is so complex and so, you know, difficult to navigate and understand. Um, and the infrastructure is very, um, it, it's relatively um, antiquated. Uh, and, you know, the business models are challenging, the operations are very convoluted and challenging. And so I think um, it's hard to point to something that doesn't require um, uh, rethinking and modernization and, and perhaps disruption uh, as well. Um, where I think there's a lot of strategic value in um, doubling down on how we think about disruption is anything that's consumer facing. Um, Because consumer expectations, and we've been talking about this for quite a long time, right? This isn't a novel concept, um, but consumer expectations are very um, much more advanced and much more, is very different from how they tend to be served by 
um, by where they get care today. And with a lot of the activity in the market, um, new types of like non-traditional players coming in um, and, uh, you know, just the whole nature of how care is delivered, um, changing lots of consumer facing offerings out there. I, I think it's really important um, to continue to innovate aggressively um, around that domain and figure out ways by which we can remain, um, you know, sort of uh, relevant um, for consumers. So if I had to pick one in this very vast, very like complicated domain, um, I would say that's where there's a ton of strategic value in um, really, you know, putting our foot on the gas. Got it. Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, and it's really interesting to hear. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, I just have to ask, what advice do you have for health systems as they're looking for the right tech partners? What do you think is really essential to making sure that relationship works? Uh, this is going to be a non-technology answer, um, and it kind of goes back to what we talked about um, as it relates to like understanding what it is that you're trying to solve for. Um, different partners can be they all have their place in different ways and can can be partners in different ways, but you need to have an understanding of what you're trying to solve for and what are you trying to do? Um, what's the problem? What's the opportunity? Without that, um, it, it can kind of, you know, take a different shape, which is again, like tech first, solution first. And that's not really what's needed. What's needed is if we want to get into a more sort of, um, consumer-centric uh, way of thinking. It's first about what problem am I trying to solve for the folks that I, I serve? And um, who I serve could be patients and consumers. It can be clinicians. It can be your IS staff. It could be you know front, um, front desk workers. It could be anybody, right? Like when you understand the concept of who you serve and then what problems do they have? And then go out and figure out who's the right partner, what's the right mechanism. That's step one. Um, and then, I, I mean, you, uh, you framed it correctly, Laura, which is like, do so with partners. We do a lot of development in areas that are core to what we think digital needs to be doing. And, um, and, uh, and we build, but it's very resource intensive. And um, we only do it because we think there's both strategic and financial value to doing so. Um, but again, not everybody um, uh, can engage in that kind of work. Partnership is the way to do it, right? Um, don't hesitate to reach out to fellow health systems who may have solved a problem that you're seeking to solve or um, tech partners as well. So, um, so understand your problem and then definitely do it through partnership um, if you can. So those would be the two big things. That's really great advice. As always, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really, really fascinating discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thanks for your time, Laura, and I hope uh, folks enjoy the podcast.